Today is August 31st, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. We got an exciting heavyweight fight this Sunday. It's rare you see a pay-per-view event for boxing on a Sunday, but it's a holiday weekend. A lot of people have Monday off, and I think they've found some success with the Sunday pay-per-views. We got Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Luis Ortiz, Mexican versus Cuban, two heavyweights who have had a lot of success in the heavyweight division. Ruiz actually is a former champion, upsetting Anthony Joshua previously before losing the rematch. Andy Ruiz is 22-2. Excuse me, he's 34-2. 22 knockouts. Whereas Luis Ortiz is 33-2 with 28 knockouts. Both guys usually knock opponents out. Ruiz had a great fight in his last fight with Chris Ariola. That was a fight that a lot of people were hating on because it was on pay-per-view. I got the pay-per-view, and I actually thought it was a really fun card from top to bottom. That was one of those pay-per-views where they got a lot of backlash for putting it on pay-per-view. And it's usually the people that don't buy pay-per-views that complain about pay-per-view, which is funny. But on that card, um, excuse me, that card was really fun. It was like a $50 pay-per-view. Usually a pay-per-view boxing event is like $75 or more. So it was a little discounted, and it was a fun a fun card that delivered. Jesus Ramos was on there. Sebastian Fondor versus Jorge Cota was on that card. Abel Ramos versus Omar Figueroa was on that card. And then, of course, the main event was Ruiz Ariola, and that was a really fun fight, a fight that saw both guys go down. Ruiz got dropped in that fight. It was highly competitive. Ruiz did deserve to win, but the the scorecards, if I remember correctly, were really wide. Um Chris Ariola actually went off after the, the fight in the post-fight interview and kind of yelled at the judges, talked his shit. It was a fun fight. And the same thing can be said about Luis Ortiz in his last fight. I believe it was the first pay-per-view of the year. It was on like New Year's Day. Luis Ortiz had a really fun fight with Charles Martin. Again, both guys went down in that fight. It was an all-action affair. So I feel like when people crap on these pay-per-views, they make themselves look stupid because, listen, if you don't want to buy a pay-per-view, don't buy it. There are multiple reasons why someone can be on a fight is on pay-per-view. The main reason is usually to make money. Usually it's two guys that the people want to see are willing to pay for. Like Canelo Triple G, that's a pay-per-view fight. Spence Crawford, whenever it gets, it gets announced, that's a, mon- that's a fight where I'm saying, listen... Take my wallet, take the money, I don't care, I want to see this fight, I am willing to pay for it. That is what the majority of pay-per-views are for. But these last two that that I just discussed, Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin, Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola, and possibly even this fight this weekend, those are budget pay-per-views where the the fighters demand so much money, at least a million dollars, because they've been making that money throughout their career. They, they generate that much interest, typically. So when a network doesn't have it in their budget, Fox or Showtime, to pay these fighters, and they want to, to, to be part of this event, to telecast the fight in some manner, to produce the fight, to promote the fight, 
That's when they come to the public. That's when they come to us and say, hey, can you guys put up some money to cover some of these purses? And that's what those pay-per-views were, $50. Okay, they didn't sell too much, but they made some money back. And so they didn't have a huge financial loss in putting together the card. They're going to do that from time to time. They're, these companies, Fox, Showtime, um, ESPN, they make so much money, period, that they can afford to say, okay, we'll take care of these fighters. Yeah, we're going to lose money on the event. But if we put it on a pay-per-view at a discounted price, we can get some of that percentage back. We can get some of that money back. That's what those pay-per-views are. I don't know why people complain about it. Like I said earlier, just don't buy it. <laughs> if you don't want to pay for a fight... Don't buy it. I I like to pay for most of the fights I watch, 90%, I would say, unless I'm going somewhere where that person's buying the fight. But I don't mind paying for it because I'm of the belief that if you don't support the things that you enjoy, the things you enjoy may no longer exist, okay? The people that love this sport buy the pay-per-views. Yes, I understand money. Everyone has a different money situation. If you can't afford it, if it's between food and buying the pay-per-view, then of course you want to feed yourself. But I'm saying if you have extra money to throw around on entertainment and things like that, and you're a fan of this sport, support it. Have an event. Have a party. Everyone bring a dish. Everyone throw $5, $10. If you can't afford $5, $10, hang out with your friends, watch the fights, and enjoy the fights because trust me, streaming is fine. That's perfectly fine. Do what you got to do. But when that thing glitches or when that thing shuts off, what's more annoying than that? Wouldn't you rather pay $10 to enjoy the fight and you know you're supporting these fighters, you know you're supporting the sport that's going to continue to grow? But that's my little rant for the day. Don't complain about pay-per-views. Either buy it or don't. That's my thing. This Sunday, we have a fight that, in my opinion, in a card, that is worth pay-per-view. If you look at the action that you're going to get. Andy Ruiz versus Luis Ortiz. Heavyweights, like I said, their last fight, they both went down. This is heavyweight boxing. It doesn't take the most clean shots to knock a guy down. These are powerful, powerful men exchanging fists at each other's cranium, stomach, chest, whatever they can hit as hard as they can. People are going to get moved. People are going to go to the canvas. This is going to be a fun one. Andy Ruiz Jr., he, I said it in the Areola fight, he didn't look great. He looked good. He got the win. He still has the fastest hands in the division. He didn't look that great. He got rocked in that fight many times. His defense isn't on top-tier level. But he does have those incredibly fast hands. He does have pop. He does have that drive in him to stand and trade because he's of the belief, listen, my hands are faster than yours. I'm going to land two or three shots before you land one. Ask Anthony Joshua. When he tried to stand and trade with Andy Ruiz, that was a bad idea. So Andy Ruiz is extremely dangerous. One of the most dangerous heavyweights in the division because of that fact. On the other side, you have Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz is someone that I have been high on since the first time I've seen him. I remember claiming, what year was it? Probably, I'd say around 2015, I stated that this guy is the toughest fighter in the division. I picked him to beat any of the heavyweight. 
couple years later, 2018, he steps in the ring with heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. This fight was amazing. I thought Ortiz was winning the fight. It turns out all it takes is one from Deontay Wilder. He knocks him out in the 10th round of a 12-round fight and continues to defend his championship successfully. That's when I said, man, Ortiz had him. But Wilder's power is just too crazy. He stopped him late. Fast forward a couple years, or even I think it was one year later. um, They get the rematch. And again, Ortiz is putting it on Wilder. Clearly winning the fight. But earlier this time, last time it was in the 10th round. In the second fight, the rematch, Deontay Wilder knocks him out in the 7th round. Even more devastatingly than the first. So after those two things, I couldn't possibly think Ortiz was the best heavyweight in the world. He had been knocked out twice by the same man for the same championship. Everyone else, though, has fallen to King Kong Ortiz. This guy has it all. He has the skill. He has the jab. He has the leg movement, the foot speed, which is going to be incredibly important in this fight with Andy Ruiz. We talked about Andy Ruiz's hands. Yes, they're the fastest in the division. They are deadly. They are lethal. But on the other hand, you have Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz doesn't have as fast hands as Ruiz. Not to say he's slow, but he doesn't have the hand speed as Ruiz. But he does have legs that are much more fluid in their movement than Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz sometimes looks like he's stuck in the sand. Luis Ortiz, coming from that Cuban slick style the same style Eris Landy Lara has mastered. The same style, in a sense, that Jordanas Ugas has mastered. This guy moves around the ring. He doesn't dive in there wildly with shots. He doesn't throw combinations like, like Ruiz out of nowhere. But it's hard to get in position to land on him. I think it's going to be hard for Ruiz to land those combinations on Ortiz. And Ortiz, coming from that southpaw stance, has a straight left hand that is vicious. Remember, this guy has 28 knockouts. He's not pillow-fisted. Since losing to Wilder, he's had two fights. Both ended in knockout. Ortiz isn't here to play. Yes, he's older. Yes, he has lost a step. He's 43 years of age. He has lost a step. But in his last fight, he proved that he can get off the canvas and come forward and take over a fight and end up winning it by stoppage. Charles Martin... Fights completely different than Andy Ruiz. We're not going to see the same style. Charles Martin was also a southpaw. It was southpaw versus southpaw. He has kind of a chopping um, lead right hand. Andy Ruiz coming from the orthodox stance. Totally different. Totally different things to work on. Um, The hand speed is definitely in favor of Ruiz. The foot speed in favor of Ortiz. Power. I'd give a slight edge to Ortiz. I think he has more one punch power. Andy Ruiz isn't a guy... That's going to land one huge shot typically. It's usually two or three shots that get you in trouble. Both guys do have power though. This fight isn't one that I would bet on going the distance. I just can't see it. Both guys were down um, previously. Both guys do get up, but I don't see this fight going the distance. Someone's going to get knocked out. If I had to pick, I would say slightly Ortiz, but that age, I mean, I get it. Sometimes age doesn't matter, but... When you, see, when you hear a guy is 43, you just can't help but think of it. 
it, it sticks out tremendously to me. And I think sometime this guy's going to lose a step. And I mean, it's going to be a huge drop off. It just hasn't happened yet. Is this the night? Maybe. That's why I don't want to jump out the window and say Ortiz is definitely going to win. But I do slightly favor Luis Ortiz. I do. Ruiz, though, hard to count him out. Guy is tough. Guy has a chin on him. Guy's a warrior, former world champion. He has the will to win. This is why it's such a fun fight to me. The winner here is going to be in position for something big. The keys to victory, though, to me, will be the back to footwork. If Ortiz keeps his distance, jabs all night, and then fires those straight left hands in from a distance, I think he can win easily. If Ruiz can collapse the pocket, invade Ortiz's personal space, get in there for a while, not just get in there, but stay inside on Ortiz, he has to throw combinations to the body or the head. If he can let combinations off at a consistent basis, multiple times around, Ruiz needs to be firing off these combinations. If he can do that, then he can win pretty easily. It's a tale of who's going to control the ring. The distance game should be in Ortiz's favor. That's why I like Ortiz. But the winner of this fight, like I said, is going to be in a position for something big. This heavyweight division, to me, is becoming very deep. And it's kind of getting slept on to me. These guys at the top are getting old. Ortiz, um, Fury, Wilder. Even Usyk, these guys are getting older. They're going to leave the sport fairly soon. We need to look at the bigger picture here in the heavyweight division. Who's going to carry the division in the next five to six years? And I think we're seeing some big names on the rise. Jared Anderson, the American heavyweight, looked phenomenal last weekend. Destroyed his opponent. Yes, he's going to eventually have to step up in class, but so far, so good for that young man. He's a beast. I give him my sign approval, stamp it. Jared Anderson needs to be someone that you keep an eye on in the heavyweight division. Another guy, Morat Gassiev. He's been fairly inactive. He just came back, got a vicious knockout in the first round. If you haven't seen Morat Gassiev, take a look at him. Smaller heavyweight compared to the super heavyweights of today. But like I said, there's going to be a time where those big guys are gone. Gassiev is a destroyer. Heavy, heavy-handed. His nickname is Iron. Not Iron Man, just Iron. That's how hard this guy hits. His only loss is to Alexander Usyk. That was at cruiserweight. He is now campaigning at heavyweight. So far, so good. Keep an eye on him. Obviously, Joe Joyce, a guy. He's he's up there in age, but he's tremendous. One of the best jabs in the entire sport. Vicious jab at heavyweight that busts people up. Just ask Daniel Dubois, who's another guy you've got to keep an eye on. But Joe Joyce, to me... Cream of the crop, one of the toughest guys at heavyweight. He's slow. He doesn't have the best defense, but they call him the juggernaut for a reason. This guy walks through power shots and just keeps coming forward with a stiff jab and a big right hand. He's tough to reckon with. He's fighting Joseph Parker pretty soon. That's a tough matchup. Also, Alexander Usyk, obviously, heavyweight champion, just came off the, the win against Anthony Joshua. Um, you got Tyson Fury still out there. Says he's retired, then he says he's coming back. He flip-flops back and forth. I believe he'll do what's right for the sport. He'll make the heavyweight title fight for undisputed against Alexander Usyk. That will be a tremendous styles clash. I can't wait for that to happen. Obviously, Deontay Wilder. He's coming back. He's fighting Robert Hellenius, who's another 
tough heavyweight in this division. Don't sleep on Hellenius. Big guy with real power. Destroyed Kaunaki twice to prove that it wasn't a fluke. He's a guy you want to watch. He's fighting Wilder in October. Just last uh, two weeks ago, on the Fury, Joshua Undercard. You had Zhang Zili, the Big Bang. That guy is a tremendous power puncher. He was in fight of the night. Yes, Usyk Joshua was a really good fight, really fun, really competitive. But to me, the co-main event, which also had heavyweights involved, stole the show. That was a great fight. Go back and watch that one. Zhang Zali versus Philip Ergovic. Controversial decision there. Really good fight and two really good fighters that are also um, people you need to talk about. They got to be in that top 10 range. Someone else got to see them. They both proved it against each other. I wouldn't be mad if they ran it back. But Zhang Zali provides such a huge risk with his power that I don't see Ergovic or really anyone rushing to get back in there with him. I just don't. So the heavyweight division has a lot to look forward to. Um, you got young guys, you got veterans, you got everything in the division. Remember, the heavyweights rule the sport, whether we like it or not. Pay attention to the heavyweights because there is some great action starting this Sunday. Also on that card, and uh, people aren't really talking about this card too much, I feel. That's why I'm here. You also have Isak Cruz against Eduardo Ramirez on the co-main. That's a lightweight fight. To me, that's more of a, a showcase. I don't expect too much from Eduardo Ramirez. Pitbull Cruz should run through him. Also, you have Abner Mares versus Miguel Flores. Another mismatchy type of weird fight. I mean, maybe Miguel Flores can win. It's just a weird matchup. Abner Mares has a devastating eye injury. I believe it's a detached retina. To the point, this guy hasn't fought in years. He does commentary on the show, the Showtime telecast. And if you've noticed, this guy has sunglasses on at all times because he's hiding the injury to his eye, which left him with a lazy eye. This guy, in my opinion, does not belong in the ring. You're making money as a commentator. You've had many fights in your career, some big money fights. Please don't put your health at risk. For our enjoyment because we don't want to see this this is one fight on the card i cannot co-sign i don't think he has any business fighting i mean i'm sure some doctor cleared him i'm sure they know more than i do but from the outside looking in it does not look good for abner Mares. do not tell me this guy's going to step in the ring with a tank davis or something of that caliber because that was in talks a while ago and abner Mares couldn't get cleared at the time because his eye injury is too bad I do not want to see this guy in the ring with a heavy-handed puncher like Tank Davis. Please keep him away from him. We don't want to see this guy's life ended if he can't even see correctly. Also on that card, Jose Valenzuela, a.k.a. El Rey. This is a really fun matchup. He was supposed to be matched up with Just Real Corrales, but unfortunately that fight is no longer going to take place. What is going to take place is he's going to get in there with Dominican fighter Edwin De Los Santos, 14-1, 13 knockouts, southpaw with some real pop. That's a good test for him. Uh, Valenzuela is one of the best lightweights, and lightweight at 135 is a stacked division. He is right in that mix. That is a guy to look out for. Also, I believe you have Charles Martin, who his last fight was against Ortiz. He's returning on this fight. I'm a fan of Charles Martin. I think he's always involved in some decent action fights. He's in there with Devin Vargas, former Olympian. I'm not sure if this fight's going to make the pay-per-view card. 
It might be on like a YouTube or a Fox Sports or something like that. Stay tuned on that one. But Charles Martin is fighting in that building. I don't know if it's going to be televised or where it'll land on the card. Overall, decent card. Um, I really like the main event a lot. And I like the Valenzuela fight a lot. The Mares fight, I can do without. And the Pitbull fight, I think it's good to showcase him. He's a good fighter. Um, he had a great showing against Tank Davis. He wants to get back in the mix. Eduardo Ramirez shouldn't provide too much resistance, but you want to see a guy put on a good performance, and I think you'll get that out of Pitbull Cruz. Guy comes forward, he's all action. He's definitely someone that the casual fan will pay attention to. That's not the only boxing on this weekend. We also have Juan Francisco Estrada, one of the best boxers in the world. Definitely top 15 to 20 pound-for-pound status. Flyweight champion. The only problem I have with him is he was originally supposed to fight Chaco Latito for a third time. Negotiations fell through for whatever reason. I believe, actually, I'm sorry, I believe Estrada did get COVID at some point, and um, Chaco Latito moved on, and now Estrada is fighting Archie Cortez, a guy who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, a guy who's only fought in, I believe, mostly six-round fights, and you're fighting one of the best fighters on the planet. So I expect Estrada to dominate, possibly stop this guy, Cortez, who hasn't even, like I said, hasn't fought many fights longer than six rounds. So you're in there with a top-level guy. Um, I'm interested to see how Estrada looks. It's been over a year since the Chocolatito fight, a fight that he won, split decision. I thought Chocolatito won it. Many observers believe the same, but unfortunately Estrada was the one with the decision. We haven't seen him since. It's been a while. So I'd like to see how he looks. I don't expect much from his opponent, unfortunately, but it'll be good to see him in the ring on a Saturday night, and then we'll see what's next from there. But definitely something to watch on Saturday. Um, the pay-per-view fight is on Sunday, the following day. I'm most likely going to have to catch Ruiz Ortiz after it takes place. I'll be watching the AEW pay-per-view that night. For all my wrestling fans out there, there will be a wrestling episode in the near future. There's a lot going on, a lot of exciting stuff. But back to boxing. Two cards this weekend. One's eh, one's pretty good. But don't worry, we got plenty on the way. Um, we're a week away from Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. Alicia Bumgarner versus Michaela Mayer is also on that same card. All-women's card should be fantastic. Definitely going to be the best women's card of all time. And then the following week, we have the return of Bam Rodriguez, who is on the co-main event of Canelo versus Triple G3. That's going to be a massive event. So we got some big stuff right around the corner. Enjoy the appetizers this weekend. The main course is coming. And if you want to check out in the archives, I do break down Canelo Triple G3. Deep dive into the first two fights. That is available in my archives. I will do an updated preview when we get closer to the fight. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for subscribing. Like it. Uh, give me that five-star review. Share it. Thank you all. I'll be back next week. I'm out.